One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 223. As you may have heard me talk about before, I am a big productivity nerd. I love learning and chatting about new strategies and ideas for getting the most out of the day, whatever that means to you. But I know that this isn't the case for everyone. And in fact, the term productivity can be fuel for self-criticism. I've been there too. My guest today knows exactly how loaded the word productivity can be, and I am so excited to share her thoughts on a new way to think about being productive. My guest is Amber De La Garza, the productivity specialist. Amber has more than a decade of experience helping small business owners maximize profits, reduce stress, and make time for what matters most by improving their time management and elevating their productivity. Amber is a sought-after coach, trainer, speaker, writer, host of the Productivity Straight Talk podcast, and creator of Leverage Lab. As you're going to hear in this conversation, Amber's approach to harnessing productivity is right up my alley. Setting realistic goals, check. Being gentle with yourself, check. Prioritizing tasks, check. I am so excited for you to hear my full chat with Amber. In this episode, we discussed how we actually decide the way we spend our time, how planning your day decreases stress and increases profits, if the day goes off track, how to bounce back, how to build in consistency and set yourself up for success. Amber's favorite planning tools and resources, and more. And now for my conversation with Amber. Hey, Amber, welcome to Making Good. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. I'm very excited about this. And this is, you know, I'm sure as a podcaster yourself, maybe you can relate to this, but a lot of times when I have folks on the podcast, like, yes, I want to interview them, of course, for the listener's sake, but I also have my own um, interest in the topic. And like, I really want to pick your brain as someone who's an expert in productivity and time management. Those are always the best interviews because you are a good example of what they want to ask. So it's perfect. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm kind of like a productivity geek, but from the perspective of someone who it does not come naturally to. And so I've like studied it a lot and like researched it a lot. So I know a lot of strategies, but you know, they don't all work, of course. So I'm very excited to to chat with you. Before we go too far into my questions and kind of getting into the, the good stuff in our conversation today, I would love for you just to share a little bit about your business now as the productivity specialist and what led you to do the work that you do now. Absolutely. So right now, my business, I support my clients through one-on-one private coaching. I have a group coaching program called Leverage Lab. Um, I podcast, I blog, I speak. And so those are all the ways that I get to talk to small business owners and work with small business owners around productivity. I got into this... uh, the journey started early in my career. You know, it's one of those things that when you look back, you're like, oh, all the dots were connecting. But in, when it was happening, you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I uh, left a career in real estate. Um, I had been there for quite some time and worked a lot of different positions. But one of my last roles was a business coach specifically for top sales executives uh, for Prudential. And during that time, I loved, loved coaching. Uh, however, while we had great business strategies, great coaching support in a program, um, when I left that company, I was looking back at like, well, what, what was stopping people from taking advantage of that resource? What was limiting people from reaching their goals? And it was just a running theme of like, 
I want this. I want to do this. I want to work on my business. I want to make things better. Uh, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm out of time. I have no time to work on my business. I'm just in my business. And so when I left that company, I was like, there's got to be a solution for this. Is this a skill set that people can learn and solve so that they can reach any goal that they want? And after thorough research and just really diving into this, I was like, it is. And I think I can help. And that was 11 years ago that I started my company for the pursuit of teaching and helping business owners learn the skill set of productivity, time management, um, leading themselves so they can lead others. I love it. It's such a interesting like area of focus because so often I think as any, you know, as a small business owner, but really as anyone who's trying to do something like achieve a goal, we focus so much on like this, the tactics and the strategies, like what should we be doing? Let's make a plan. Um, let's like research and learn and take courses and whatever it is. We focus on that a lot. But actually what makes all the difference is like the execution, the actually doing things. And that is where I find so many of us get stuck. I've been there myself a million times where I know exactly what I need to be doing. Like I have a really smart plan. I've thought things through, but I'm just not taking action or I'm biting off way more than I can chew or getting overwhelmed. And as you were kind of describing the work you do, I heard a lot of different kind of mindset related things, which I think is so related to productivity. It's like the results that we see are such a result of the way that our mind works and the things that we're telling ourselves and the narrative that's going on there. So I'm really excited to dig into this. I think it'd be really useful to just start, I guess, from, from scratch here and define like, what is productivity? What does it mean to be productive? Yeah. So over the years, I've come up with my own definition. And so I'll share that. I know that productivity can be a loaded word. People love it. They hate it. There's so many different variations. Uh, But in its simplest form is you are being your most productive self when you're investing your best time into your best activities. Now, what that is, is like it's, it's a layover, meaning your goals... Is for your best activities, your goals are different than mine, different than someone else's. And your best time is that you focused free time. I like to describe it as when you get in your zone and you're like, I am nailing this. I am so in this. I'm doing the thing that I was meant to do. I'm moving things forward. I feel very focused. Uh, how do you do more of that consistently in your business? And when you do that, are you working on the right activities? Mm, I love that definition. And I love that you've kind of given us two puzzle pieces to work with. So best time, best activities. I think when I was approaching this conversation, I was envisioning talking a lot about the best activities part, which is like, how do we work on the right things basically with a to-do list that can be miles long? How do we acknowledge that we can't do everything and like focus on the right things? And I definitely do want to talk about that. But what I think is sort of unexpected and maybe people weren't expecting this conversation to touch on is the idea of best time. So like getting really clear on, well, actually maybe you'll define this differently. I assume you're talking about figuring out when you do your best work and like finding ways to do it then. But I'd love for you to just expand on that. Like if there's a listener here who's like never really thought about the concept of their best time or what the best time is for them, what, how would you guide them through figuring that out? Yeah. So we all um, excel in different environments. Um, before I get into it, I'm just going to give you a couple examples. Yeah. My son, he's 13 and he loves audiobooks. And he listens to audiobooks all the time and when he's doing homework. And had I not been doing this work, I would have been like, what are you doing? It needs to be quiet. Go do your homework in your room. Like, Don't get distracted at the kitchen table. Don't have the audiobook on. But through the work that I've done, there is science, there is research to say that that background noise allows them and their minds to slow down and to really show up and focus and do their best work. And so what I love about that is had I not really understood through working with hundreds of business owners and seeing behind the scenes that we are all so unique and 
really, we need to honor how we show up our best. Um, and to say that first, you have to experiment with it. You have to find out like, what is your best? I'll give you um, one other example. And it's mine. So I told you I worked in corporate before. Well, I was also um, in management and I had, you know, just like every good manager in corporate, I had my office, the door was open, um, all the employees were in cubicles outside the office. So imagine it's like hustle, bustle, people are in and out of your office, they're waiting at you, distractions everywhere. And, you know, I considered myself pretty efficient, pretty productive. But when I left and I started my own company, I was like, Oh my gosh, I am going to nail this. Like there is nothing that can stop me. Like I, I'm going to be working from home. There are no distractions. Life is great. Well, I sat in my office, which is at the front of the house and there's a window. And I remember having, there's a tree outside my window and a bird would land on it and it would distract me. I found myself like cursing at the bird for distracting me and then the AC <laughs> would go on and then a car would drive by and everything was throwing me off my game. And it was because it was so quiet. Everything caught my attention. I wasn't able to drop into that zone. Now imagine this was like 11, 12 years ago. And so I was like, this is absurd. What's wrong with me? Like, this isn't right. Like I should be able to focus better in a quiet environment. So um, after, you know, grudgingly telling myself that there was something wrong, I was like, well, let me just go see. So I went and worked at a coffee shop, this little French cafe. And I remember the owner would say he's going to charge rent because the first two years of my business, <laughs> I wasn't working with a client. I was in this cafe working, building my business. And you're talking long lines. It was so busy. You got blenders going. And I mm -hmm. was able to do my best work. Well, fast forward, what we know is you can literally download soundtracks of cafe noise, coffee shop noise. But 12 years ago, you were, you were thinking that was strange. So all this to say, to find our best time, we know it generally. We generally know it. And I'm going to tell you, there's clues all around you. And you may be telling yourself, it's not supposed to look like this. It's not supposed to feel like this. This isn't right. This is, this is wrong. Any of those versions. As small business owners, we are incredibly blessed with the gift of being able to work in our best ways all the time. We're the boss. We get to create those environments. Uh, so long-winded answer. Uh, a few examples there. But essentially, we could be talking time of day. We could be talking location. We could be talking... You know, is it short bursts of time for certain activities, longer, like deeper work for like creative work you got to get into? Um, it's really about experimenting. And, you know, with my clients, I have this long list that I have them do a little bit of an audit um, questionnaire for them to start discovering, you know, what does that look like? And then their job is to do that on purpose consistently, create that environment on purpose consistently. Mm hmm. There's so many things there that I think are so important. I have been kind of blown away the last few years, just noticing the different ways that my environment either support or hinder me and whatever it is we're talking about, whether it's like productivity or health and fitness or, you know, home organization, like whatever it is. The way that your surroundings are set up have such a huge impact on you. And I think that this is such a brilliant example. The one thing I always think about for myself is I have a background in corporate too. And I did a ton of travel and I have never in my life been more productive than sitting on an airplane when it's like, you know, you have no choice. You can't really move. Back in the day, there wasn't really Wi-Fi. So it was like, you just didn't have a lot of options or access to distraction even. Right. Um, and so for me, the way that I try to replicate that in my own life is like, I have distraction blockers on my phone and my computer that I turn on a lot of times. I use focus music, which like doesn't have lyrics. Like the idea of your son being able to focus while he's listening to an audiobook blows my mind. Right, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's just such a good point is like, think about the times that you've been the most productive and ask yourself, like, how can you produce that scenario as often as possible? Yeah. You know, you thank you for asking me the definition of productivity. I just want to piggyback on that to say that as the productivity specialist, this is literally what I do to serve the world. I'm here to tell you, we are not meant to be productive all day, every day. 
And mm-hmm. when we have the belief that we should be productive all day, every day, we start diluting that definition. So when I was sharing with you, investing your best time into your best activities, well, all time is not created equal. Our energy is not the same. And certainly, we understand as small business owners, not all activities are created equal. And that's not to say that there's a lot of things we need to do to keep the lights on, the doors open, and moving the business forward. There are a few things that are going to actually propel you towards your goals that are going to, you know, be these big pushes in your business. And that's what I'm talking about being most productive. And when we can hold those times sacred and we don't dilute it, we make sure that we're not drowning it out with activities that don't really matter and trying to work in time and environments that do not work for us. Yeah, that's such a good point. What have you found like, and I know this may be a like kind of I'm cheating question, but I know that we all work differently and different circumstances work best depending on who you are. But is there anything that people tend to share? Like, you know, I know that distractions for the most part are like distracting and like take us away from what we're doing, whether it's like having your phone on with the sound on or whatever. But are there any kind of like sweeping strokes of productivity tips that generally work for most people that you could offer? Yeah. I would say that being as specific with the activity that you're trying to accomplish will always help you dive into it quicker and focus on it. We have Mm -hmm. a tendency to write down big projects on our to-do list or general to-dos that really is a blanket for five, six things. Or we just stay incredibly vague and we go to sit down to work and we're like, we don't know where to start. And all of those things of not being very specific and verbalizing, creating specific actionables really hinders us from showing up our best when we're sitting down to work. And oftentimes, this is where that mindset comes in. This is where we can get overwhelmed. We, we feel like we have decision fatigue. We're not sure what the right thing to do with our time is. And so we end up wasting that time away, either doing absolutely nothing or definitely not the thing that would move the business forward. So a sweeping, Mm -hmm. you know, to answer your question, that sweeping strategy is to be as clear and specific with the tasks that you're planning for the day or the hour, whatever you're focused on. Um, And I teach that in what I call a daily wrap, R-A-P, review and action plan. Now, how you do your daily wrap, whether it's tonight for tomorrow or tomorrow morning for tomorrow, that can be customized to you and how you work best. But reviewing your day and capturing your tasks and then planning tomorrow and being super specific with what you're going to get done is so incredibly helpful. I resonate with this advice so much. I have been guilty often of making a to-do list where like marketing is one of the things on the list. And you're like, okay, that is the least helpful directive Thing you could possibly have. Whereas if it's like research new email marketing platform for XYZ, like the more specific you get, the easier it is to actually go do it. So it's almost like you're making your own life easier in the future by just getting specific. I love that. Yeah. Can I just dig deeper on that? Because you mentioned something earlier we, we didn't talk about, uh, but mindset and strategy. So mm-hmm. the work I do is the intersection between mindset and strategy. Almost every conversation I have with a client is some variation, whether it's 80-20, 50-50. Determining where we're stuck is, is what is helpful. Then, then once we decide, like, is this a mindset issue mostly? Is it a strategy issue? And almost always, it's a combination of both. So let me give you an example. When we are general, like your example of you write marketing down. So the strategy is what I shared with you is like, let's get specific um, and write down, you know, email marketing. But the mindset and why that strategy works is because you're creating distance between the decision making and the doing. Mm -hmm. And then we can be more strategic and batch the decision making of this is exactly what needs to happen because decision making is honestly, it it takes a lot of bandwidth. It can be energy draining. And so when you batch the decision making, i.e. planning your day, your weeks, your goals, quarters, and you separate the doing, 
then your job the next when you're doing is just to be the best employee. And when we do decision making and doing together, what tends to happen is it's like, well, I feel like doing this. I want to do this. I don't want to do this. Oh, this has got my attention. This seems like a fire. And we lean more into the emotion mm-hmm. of how we're feeling in that moment than when we're showing up with our CEO hat on, our best decision making hat on. And we say, this is what has to get done to move the business forward. Hmm. And I'm not saying ignore your feelings. Like, I mean, there's times like you're sick, you're, you're not feeling well. Do not push through that is not the most productive thing. What I'm talking about is calling yourself out on the BS. If you would expect your employee, your star employee to show up either working because you created a task list of priorities or showing up and working on a Tuesday because on the things that they felt like doing or not doing, I don't think they would last long. Mm hmm. <laughs> totally. That's such a good point that decision making is hard. <laughs> like we don't we're not always going to want to do it. So, you know, batching it almost like making the decisions in the form of plans and then letting yourself just be a good employee for yourself. Yeah. And just work the plan. Your job is just to work the plan. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the best time element of this this definition of productivity that I like so much, like figuring out when, what circumstances, what time of day, where are you, all of the all of the things that are going to set you up to do your best work. We've talked about looking into that. I think the harder part in some ways is going to be figuring out what do we actually spend our time on? And small business owners relate to this as much as anyone in the world, like there's always more to do yeah, or that we could do than there is ever going to be time for. So how do we look at all of the things we could be doing and decide actually what are the things to focus on and what are the things to do during that like best time? Yeah. So I would break this down into five buckets for high value, most productive buckets. So I'm going to explain the whole framework and you'll love that we're going to start with the first bucket. And why I say it's bucket, it's like, okay, you got projects, you got tasks, like it's, it's different areas, but you can substitute me saying buckets for departments. Like where would you spend your time, energy and attention in your business that will make the biggest impact? And Mm -hmm. first and foremost is uh, marketing and visibility. So mm-hmm. as a small business owner, you have to let the world know what it is you do and how you help them. And if you're not letting them know that on a consistent basis, you're going to see a decrease in revenue. You're going to see ups and downs of cash flow you know, being high one month, low another month. It's going to be a vicious cycle that it actually is the one thing that has to get solved is consistently marketing yourself so that you can have consistent sales, which is bucket number two. So when bucket number one is overflowing because you're consistently showing up, then you get to have those sales conversations. Whether that is you're selling a product, someone's clicking buy on your website, you are having a discovery call, a consultation, whatever that event is for the sale, it is a high value activity that you're showing up in sales. It's closest to the dollar. It will allow you to create revenue to then outsource and buy time back. And so sales is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you're showing up again, consistently in that one, and you're not saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I, I don't have time to do marketing. I'm so busy. I don't have time to show up in sales. Then when you're doing those consistently, you get to show up in the third bucket, which is servicing your clients. And for product based businesses, this might be Updating, adding another product, um, customer service. And then if you're service based, it's going to be actually delivering the service. And what I have found is that small business owners created their business because they have a unique skill set or talent. And the most comfortable place for them to sit in is delivering the service or product. And when we sit there all the time, while it is highly productive, If you're sitting in that time and it's consuming your days and your weeks, you're going to lift your head up one day and be like, Oh my gosh, my pipeline is empty. I haven't been doing marketing and sales. And so what's next? And you shift gears and it's frantic and it's not a place of abundance, but a a place of scarcity. 
So when we're looking at high value activities that I believe that should be showing up regularly on your schedule as a small business owner, it's going to be marketing, it's going to be sales, and it's going to be servicing your clients. And then the fourth one is leadership and CEO. Because at some point, you're not going to be the one doing the marketing. You may hire some of that out. You may be supervising or strategy over marketing, but you have someone executing. You may not be the only one doing sales. But as the CEO, you rise up and now you're supervising other people that can help you in those areas. And leadership is a high, high value activity, highly productive. You get a huge return on that investment of time when you're investing in others. Um, so that's incredibly high value. And with that bucket, if you just this is what that bucket looks like is even if you're a solopreneur or you have a larger team, there's things that you need to do to work on your business, whether it's projects, strategic partnerships. There's going to be things that only you as the business owner can do. And that's what I put in that bucket. And then um, lastly, is the other bucket. And this is not where you're going to find your highest value activities. It is not where you're going to determine you are being most productive. But I will tell you that everyone has an other bucket. And some portion of our days and weeks realistically are in the other bucket. And denying that is like fighting reality. But what we want to do is minimize time in that bucket and prioritize the other ones in a balance that makes sense for the season of business you're in and where you're at. So those four areas um, are going to be where you find your high value activities. And then you start solving for, you know, as your business is growing, um, how do you get out of the other bucket? How do you get administrative support? How do you streamline through processes or systems really to reduce the other bucket so you can reinvest your time in the first four buckets? So when it when it comes to like maybe doing an audit, whether that's a formal one or just kind of looking at how we're currently spending our time, I think a lot of us would look and say, okay, I'm spending a lot of hours on my business, whatever that ratio breakdown is, like this many hours on this, XYZ, I'm not getting the results I want. So something needs to change in terms of like what I'm spending time on, basically. Some things are gonna need to get dropped off and some things are probably need to be added. How do you figure out what are the things that you're spending time on that are not serving you or that are actually actively maybe sabotaging your ability to get results? Uh, that's a, a great question and a loaded question. I don't think there's one right answer <laughs> to that. Uh, because as for example, what's coming to mind for me is, you know, what if you are investing time in marketing and it's not working? So it could be you need more time or it could be you're using the wrong strategy. So you really have to evaluate like, okay, have I really given this the legs that it needs, the time that it needs? Do I think this strategy has the ability to make an impact in my business? And all I need, like the fuel that I need is more time. Sometimes that's not true. Sometimes it's I don't have the skill set to make this strategy work. So perhaps it's not, you know, dumping more time into it. It's putting money into it to ask for help, get a coach, get other resources that can help because there's a skill set gap. I think it's really helpful to look at it from multiple angles and ask the question. So why do I think this strategy is not working? And and really, it could just be that strategy is crap, right? It could be that. It could be you don't have the skill set. It could be that you don't have the time and a few other variations. But that is worth asking. And I call it a feedback loop. Um, so what I teach is that we do feedback loops. You can do it like anytime, any day, but really you want to be doing it on a quarterly basis and definitely an annually basis. And what that is, is you can put anything in the middle of it. But let's just say you put marketing and you're like, great, I'm going to ask three questions around the marketing in my business. The first one is, what is working? And it's really important you start with that. Because oftentimes, we want to jump to what could work. And we're jumping for the new shiny object, the thing we saw someone else do, a colleague that's getting great results. And we're boarding any other activity for something new. And I don't want you to start there. I want you to really ask yourself, what's already working? Then the next one is, what's not working? And if we can be honest with what's not working and say no to that, now we've also reclaimed some time. 
so that we can truly evaluate what is the capacity we already have we have to say yes to something new, which is start. So what could work? So I'm just going to repeat those again. It's what is working, what's not working, and what could work. And we can always go in what could work. And I think we should. We should be experimenting. We should be you know, trying things on. But if you're looking for the most efficient way to move your business forward, it's really identifying what is working and find out how do you do more of that? Do you need to hire somebody else to help with it? Do you need more time to dedicate towards that? Like, How do you double down on those things that are working instead of trying to reinvent the wheel all the time? I love that so much. That is like one of my key, I guess, principles for marketing is just double down on what works. And I love that we agree on that. Yeah, totally yeah. on the same page. And I can see how... Like I think about it in a marketing sense primarily, but it makes a lot of sense to me with productivity as well. Like look at what is the most, I guess, the highest ROI use of your time and do more of that. Yeah. Um, Just to piggyback on that, I know this is your, this marketing is your, is your jam. So I'm using that as an example, but we could put on my schedule. I could say, okay, my schedule's in the center of this circle. Okay. What is working? What's not working? And this could be meetings. This could be the time of day you start. It could be that you're not taking lunches. And then you can say, well, what could work? Well, what could work is I'm feeling a little burnt. Taking Friday afternoons off to treat myself feels like what I want to do this quarter, this season, this month. Um, so you can literally put anything in there to start kind of doing like self-coaching and asking yourself some questions to identify how to move forward. Mm-hmm. One thing that you've touched on already and that I know is a big part of like how you advise your clients in terms of productivity is the idea of planning your day in advance. I'd love for you to just like share a little bit more about this. Why is that? Why is it smart to plan your day in advance rather than just like kind of wake up and look at your to-do list and try to figure something out at that point? Yeah, you know, I don't know about you. But I will speak for myself. I don't wake up feeling the same way every day. <laughs> I There's going to be days I feel mm-hmm. like it's late in the day. And there's days where I'm like, Oh my gosh, Like, what just actually has to get done today? And the truth is, is that I believe most people have some variation of that. So when we plan our days, um, for me, when does everything great happen? Tomorrow, right? Like today could have just been a dumpster fire. <laughs> today could have been like, I planned the day, nothing went as planned. But we usually have this sense of like, okay, tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be a good day. Well, I like to bottle that energy. And that's when I like to plan my day is at the end of the day. So recapping today and planning for tomorrow. Um, and we spoke about it, but just to tie it in, it's separating from today, you know, the decision of what's going to happen to. Um, decision making today for what actually happens tomorrow. Um, I can just run through those steps quickly if you have time. Yeah. Or you want to run through them? Yeah, okay, sure. So the very first step is to capture today. You know, this reviewing your day, this wrap framework I'm going to share is the glue that holds together a lot of productivity systems. And so if you already have a master task list and a daily task list, um, a lot comes at us in a day. And so we need to capture anything new that needs to get added to the task list. You could have been in a conversation with somebody and said, yes, I'll get that to you. You could have been in a meeting. You could have had a thought. You could have had a phone call, a text message. Things are coming in to us so quickly. So what I like to do is just give a few minutes that we're looking at all those areas and they're different for everybody. Some, you know, have to look at DMs and social media, their email. I love to look at my calendar, like just remind myself, who did I talk to? Who did I meet with today? And I'm asking myself, did I grab the task? Did I add it to my to-do list? Another place I'm always looking is my notebook. I carry a steno pad at my desk and with me all the time. So I can take down quick notes. And so I process those. I'm like, were any of these notes actually actionables that I need to get on my to-do list? This one thing will allow you to have far less things fall through the cracks and sleep better at night because you've captured them. Mm -hmm. Step number two is looking at tomorrow. 
So we really need to get a lay of the land. You know, tomorrow could look like you're in meetings all day, or tomorrow could be you have a lot of office time where you can get some deep work done in projects. We have to look and see what have we already committed to and by the way, is there anything I have to do right away to get prepared for those meetings? Review interview questions, finalize a proposal. Like It's a trigger so that at least, at the very least, we're not doing it right before the meeting and we're getting ahead of it from the day before. But also, before we plan out the things we need to do, we really need to understand what container we're working with of time available. And then number 3 is what I call a mind sweep. Giving yourself the gift of, is there anything else? Just get it out of your head. Mm -hmm. You know, and this honestly, as a small business owner, it could be something as important as like an idea that you had that was fleeting and you're capturing it. Or it could be like, I forgot chicken broth for dinner. Like there's no boundaries. I just want to get it out of your head and get it captured. Uh, yeah. So that that's it. So now we've updated our task list. We're really clear on anything that... Uh, and we have a lay of the land for tomorrow. And then the next thing is to prioritize. So this isn't just what we just captured. We're doing what we captured and what is on our master task list. You mentioned it right when we hit off this interview. Like People have hundreds of things on their task list. 50, mm-hmm. 100. Like, this is no joke. So... I don't want you looking at a hundred tasks every day. Pin that. That's a weekly review. But let's just say we're looking at a manageable task list. It's far more than we can get done in a day. What are my priorities for tomorrow? That's it. You're not going to prioritize everything. You don't even have to like really concretely prioritize the things you're deciding for tomorrow. It's just like, what needs to get done tomorrow? What do I want to get done tomorrow? And so you can have three, six. It really depends on what your capacity is. This is also where... Again, I'm going to allude to it. We don't have time for it. But when you're planning your weeks, you know, you could have theme days or you could have like a block schedule, right? So if tomorrow was Thursday and I had a block on my schedule that said marketing, then I would be pulling down tasks from my marketing task from my task list that we're marketing specifically to fill up that block of time to move marketing forward. So again, this is the glue that holds together a lot of other little systems. Um, but essentially, you're asking yourself, what is your priorities for tomorrow? And then here's the one that makes a big difference. The last step is scheduling those specific tasks on your calendar. Mm-hmm. You're going to schedule them like they're a meeting. And by doing that, it helps you get more realistic with your capacity, more realistic with what actually can get done. And when you do that, you're going to prioritize. Like you're not going to keep the very last thing for last when you're like, oh my gosh, I already filled up my schedule with all these other things. You're going to go in and be like, okay. Of these six things I pulled off, like this is the biggest priority. Where on my schedule can I do that? And mm-hmm. make sure you don't do six things when you only have time for two. So prioritizing yeah. is in relation to each other. It's in relation to the amount of time we have to do it. Um, and then deadlines. But when you put something on your calendar, Lauren, it, it, you answer very specific questions. You answer three questions. What specifically am I doing? When am I doing it? And for how long do I think I need to do it? And Mm -hmm. by putting that container on there and setting this little sprint goal of like, I think it's going to take me 45 minutes to research a new email platform. That's what you put on your schedule. And sometimes you nail it and it's 45 minutes. And other times you're like, great, I actually need more time. Is that more important than something else I have? Or do I reschedule this? Like you're gonna have to make some decisions. But what happens when you start planning your day every day is you build the skill set of accurately estimating how long things take you to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll just put a cap in it when you can accurately create a list that actually gets done and is realistic. You wanna talk about helping your mindset? Like, who doesn't yeah. want to feel great at the end of the day? Who doesn't want to feel like I accomplished something? I did what I said I was going to do. 
And it all goes back to, well, were you actually being realistic with what could get done? And did you choose the things that made the biggest impact? I think that's so important. Like how you feel at the end of the day. If you put 20 things on your list and you got one thing done and it was not the right thing that you needed to get done. And now you feel behind on all these other things. Like that is not a great energy to try to bring into the next day of work. Whereas if like you say, you've like really looked at your schedule, you know what you have time for as a result, you only put two things down. They're the right things because you prioritize them. And then at the end of the day, like they're done or close to done. That's just such a different feeling and energy to bring into your work and just like sense of momentum that I think is so powerful and so underrated is like how you feel. Like if you feel good and excited and on a roll, I think you are 50 times more likely to like show up the next day and like do your best work. So I agree when, I mean, gosh, I have so much to say about that one, but really when you, when you, don't feel good about what you did, it does affect you being consistent, right? Like you're not getting that positive feedback loop. But but also when you're not, you could be working incredibly hard. Like I just want to acknowledge people that hit the, you know, go to bed, hit their head on the pillow. And they're like, I worked so hard, but I don't feel like I got anything done. I don't feel like I accomplished yeah. anything. That does not feel great. And I just want to say, I see you. I know you're a hard worker. And it's going to take a tweak of really saying, okay, I'm going to take this back. I'm not going to just work off of urgencies and, you know, distractions. I'm going to say, this is what was most important. And if you just do something for an hour a day or 30 minutes a day, you'll start feeling so much better about the work you do, even if the rest of the day is quote unquote busy work. Over time, that 30 minutes will become an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, on and on. Um, but we gotta we gotta crawl before we're running. Yeah. One thing that you were just mentioning is the idea of consistency. And I'm sure we both agree consistency is everything when it comes to getting results in pretty much anything you do in your business. And like on my end, like most certainly marketing, yeah. consistency is the secret sauce. So while it is simple, like, yes, do the right things and show up over and over again doing it. It's actually very hard to be consistent and very few people do it very well. What tips do you have for consistency for like continuously showing up and putting in the work? Well, for one is that if you're not consistent, do not beat yourself up. So if Mm -hmm. you said, I want to start planning my day every day and you're like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and then Thursday comes and something happened because something does always happen. We're running, you know, real businesses and living real lives. Don't let that mean anything. If you tell yourself a story, you shame yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, I screwed this up. I guarantee you're not showing up Friday to review your day. But if you mm-hmm. say, like, okay, that's today, the power of recommitting. And yeah. doing that as quickly as possible is such a gift. And overall, like once you start zooming out, I would say you're still being consistent, even if you missed a day or two days in a month. You know what? You showed back up the next day and you made sure that that habit didn't get lost. And that's for anything really. Like just give yourself grace, recommit and start again. Yeah, that's so good. Like consistency does not mean perfection. They are not, you can still be consistent at, I would say even like 80% compliance to the plan. It's so much better than, you know, just throwing in the towel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, like talk nice to yourself and, and, you know, don't beat yourself up. I, I guess I really want people to understand that even going back to like the example of planning your day, look, I have literally planned my work days for years. My clients, this is what I teach. And I have yet to see a day go exactly as planned. Not even. (laughs) I mean, look, we cannot control everything. We are not perfect planners. We cannot predict how things are going to roll out. But when we plan our days, we are literally putting ourselves in the driver's seat and not in the passenger seat. We're not just being reactive. So... Again, don't think it's perfection. Lord, you said that absolutely perfect. Like planning your day is not about having at the end of the day, it just went exactly as planned and perfect. 
It's about, did you get the majority done? Did you stay on track for most of the day? Did it allow you to focus? If the answers are yes, then that was well worth your time. And we're talking 10 or 15 minutes to plan your day. Love. Okay. We have talked a lot about the, I guess, like the approach to productivity and, um, you know, how to figure out what your best time is, how to figure out what the best things to be doing are. I would love to just get a little bit kind of tactical and ask you, do you have any favorite tools, resources? Like, do you use a project management tool that you love or have like any apps or just any, any tool or book or resource that comes to mind when it comes to planning, productivity, kind of keeping things organized? Yeah. So I love uh, ClickUp. So that's what I use for my project management. I run my whole business in ClickUp. Um, I think a good second runner-up that that many of my clients use is Asana as well. Again, I think they both can work great. You just have to see which ones align most with what your needs are in your business. The calendar. So like I use Outlook. Um, again, that's that's a throwback to coming from corporate. <laughs> like I used Outlook forever. I know a lot of people are using um, Google calendars, but any either calendar and that it can sync with your phone. I think in understanding how to use your calendar seamlessly, understanding shortcuts, understanding, you know, copy, paste, drag, drop, like it's so often that uh, people don't use their calendar because they actually technically don't understand the shortcuts of using it and making it easy for them. Uh, So I would dig into your calendar and make it something that you enjoy or at least don't hate. Love it. Love it. Okay. Amber, this has been so much fun. I'm going to start to transition into the questions that I get to ask all of the guests on my podcast. And the first one is, how do you approach doing good through your small business? Yeah, you know, I have had this question, um, knowing that it was coming from you. And I just thought, (laughs) how am I going to answer this? And I'm just going to be honest, like the first thing that came to mind when my team told me you were going to ask me this is like, I really believe that I'm doing good by helping business owners show up their best. Like, my gift is letting you and like be joyful in your business. Um, when mm-hmm. you had this dream and you wanted to go do entrepreneurship, sometimes you didn't really know how difficult it can be. And I think my gift in doing good is helping people navigate that to bring joy back into their business. Mm-hmm. I love that answer. It matters how we feel big time. It really does. And how we feel in our business is such, it's such a huge part of our lives. Like when we look back, it, like we spend a lot of time in our businesses and why would you not want that to be a joyful experience? Love it. What is one small business that you admire? Uh, I wonder if anyone else has answered this way. I'm going to say all small businesses. I have so much respect, <laughs> so much respect for the small business owner. The person that just woke up one day and said, I am chasing my dreams. I'm going to do the unknown. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to make a living for myself, my family. I really admire anyone that has stepped into saying they're going to own a small business and, and do that every day. Mm-hmm. Love. I do too. <laughs> um, what is a book recommendation? Uh, my number one favorite book that changed my business personally is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I am glad to hear you recommend that. Such a good one. But for anyone who's new to the podcast or new to that book, what what is it that you love about it? Yeah. So when I read Profit First... It gave me permission to literally prioritize the fact that I'm taking a profit. Like I'm the business owner. I did create this business to help other people. I did have a dream on what it would look like. But fundamentally, it has to be a healthy business that provides for my family. Um, and so it was really a mindset thing of like, oh my gosh, like, yes, of course, that's what my business should be doing. And then he gives you the strategies to, they call it the profit first method to actually how to run your books, how to, you know, prioritize a percentage of everything that comes in first to profit, then to owner's pay, then expenses, taxes, and then savings. The first year I ran profit first 
I shared this with him. I actually interviewed him on my podcast. The first year I did Profit First, I remember handing a check to my husband, like literally like, go pay off your truck, babe. Like we did it. Like this is like extra. Like if I don't pull it out of the business, like like it's like it's savings. Like I we saved this, and he didn't even know I was just running it in my business. And I was like, guess what we get to do? Pay off your truck. And then Mm -hmm. it's been years after that. Obviously, it looks different, but that was just such a huge accomplishment. And it was the first time I was like, hell yes, like this is it. And um, I haven't looked back. I mean, that was many, many, many years ago. And I recommended that book so much that they found out and they sent me a case of the books just so I could keep giving it to people. <laughs> literally, I, and that is good marketing. And like, how did he or his team find out that I've talked about his books so much that a case of them showed up at my doorstep? Oh my gosh, that's really amazing. That was good marketing. <laughs> Okay, Amber, this has been so much fun. I know that you've given people a lot of food for thought when it comes to how they spend their time. And I love that you come at it from approach of not just jamming as many things into your day as possible, but enjoying yourself and your life and, you know, having your business be one piece of that that you enjoy. And yeah, just, yeah. I love that you don't come at it from like a, like, let's work 20 hours a day and get as many things in as possible. Like I, I knew that you didn't because that's why I'm having you on the show. But I just think it's a really refreshing approach to productivity. I appreciate that. I do take a holistic approach, like the whole person. Um, and you know, sometimes the most productive thing you can do is take a break. I'll end with that. Like it is not mm-hmm. about push, push, push. Um, so really good. finding out what it is that you need so that you can show up your best tomorrow, the next day and the next day. Mm, love. Okay. Tell everyone who now wants to go learn everything you have to say, where they can find you online, where your podcast is, all the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to amberdelagarza.com, D-E-L-A-G-A-R-Z-A. Or my newly named, so same podcast, same name, but as of two days ago, we just changed the name to Small Business Straight Talk, um, previously Hmm. known as Productivity Straight Talk. Uh, So yeah, go anywhere you're listening to this podcast, search Small Business Straight Talk. Amazing. Amber, thank you so much. This has been such a blast. I'm excited to share with everyone. Thank you so much. Huge, huge thanks to Amber for this amazing conversation about productivity. I hope this has allowed you to view productivity in a whole new light. You can learn more about Amber and find links to all the recommendations mentioned in this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 223. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful to have your support. Here are a couple of ways that you can give back to making good. First, let's connect on Instagram. Take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening and tag me at Lauren Tilden. Second, I'd be so honored if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. And finally, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. Today's episode can be found at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 223. This episode was produced and edited by Corinne Monaco. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time. 